Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, I've got three very special guests, Tara Tiernan, Mary Mosh, and Christopher Fuel uh, of William and Mary Swimming. Obviously, this is a big news story. William and Mary cutting uh, several sports programs, including their swimming and diving programs. We've talked to alums, coaching alums already, um, and this week we're bringing former and current athletes on. I want to get into you know fond memories you all have uh, from William and Mary swimming. Why this program is so important, um, <clears throat> and obviously why we need to keep working to save it. Uh, but first, I, I do want to address a couple of the elephants in the room. Um, we had two big story news stories come out this week uh, involving this this incident, uh, the William and Mary you know swim swim dive sports programs getting cut. The first of which um, was that uh, the athletic director um, plagiarized Stanford's release when announcing the cut um, of these sports programs. You know, it, it, it seems like not a great move um, on the uh, administration's part. Obviously, plagiarism, not, not, not a good look to have. Um, Chris, if, if you, you know, you said you'd had some comments for me, share, share your take on, uh, on this story and what it means to you. Yeah, so uh, for me, there are really two aspects to, to this story. One, uh, you know, for them to put out this open letter and, and openly plagiarize it, it seems, you know, really... I don't know, condescending, and they obviously didn't put too much thought into it. And this is a very serious problem. Uh, you know, being cut, it, you know, they they said that they they want to treat us, you know, with respect and help us through this process. But you know, it doesn't seem like they even gave us the common decency to tell us why they cut our teams in, in their own words. So you know, that that was number one that really stung a lot, uh, and, and it was really unfair. I feel like, and, and I know a lot of the athletes and even students and professors and other faculty members are really offended by that. And two, uh, you know, this goes down to the core of William and Mary, uh, coming in as a freshman, we are all sworn into, uh, this, this honor code, which basically we recite words that says, I will not, or I pledge to not, uh, lie, steal, cheat in my academic or, uh, or in life. Uh, you know, it just anything, uh, you know, regarding life at all. Uh, so that's something that is taken really seriously, that being the oldest student-run uh, honor code in the country. Uh, and, you know, it's got a really rich history, and, and it's held dearly by the students here at William & Mary. So for a faculty member, a high-ranking faculty member uh, um, at that, to openly plagiarize, uh, you know, a document this important, it really, you know, it really hurt us. It really hurt the student athletes, but it also really hurt the student population, the faculty population, because this is a code that, you know, we're all sworn to live by. And, you know, if, if our, if our administration can't uphold those values, you know, it's, it seems, you know, really just really wrong of them to, to not hold themselves to the same standard that we're held to. Uh, Tara, Mary, any additional thoughts on this subject? 
I will say our like honor code is in almost every single one of our classrooms. Like it's something that is very present in our like everyday lives as students. And for the administration to just not put in the time to fully write a statement, it just, it felt like a slap in the face. Yeah, and to add on to that, um, in one of the letters that was sent out, I think by President Rowe after the open letter was released and students were claiming plagiarism, um, she stated that the letter was written with good intentions. Um, but however, if a student did something similar with an essay in their class and claimed to have good intentions while accidentally plagiarizing as well, they would likely face suspension or expulsion. And just to reiterate what uh, Chris said about the plagiarism and the standards that we are held to, it's very insulting to see that the people we're supposed to aspire towards and the leaders on our campus are not held to that same standard. <laughs> it's, it's hard to see seven sports teams cut with quote unquote good intentions after the, uh, after the announcements plagiarized. Um, that's, it's, it's an interesting flip-flop there, um, certainly. And uh, so that was news story number one. And I think it, it, it just, ultimately, it adds insult to injury. Um, bottom line, it's, it's like you said, Mary, it's a slap in the face. Um, and so secondly, though, uh, we had William & Mary's cut women's sports allege Title IX violations um, come out just a few days later after, after the plagiarism news. Um, which, you know, that's a contrast to the plagiarism. This could actually, you know, make a big difference, um, in theory, uh, Tara, you, you've got, you've got the details on this one, break it down for us. Yeah. So basically in 1991, something similar happened on William and Mary's campus. They eliminated women's basketball and a lawyer was retained by the team to present the facts to the school about the population of women on campus and the population of men on campus and how the athletic department was not uh, adhering to that same standard. And luckily for them, when the lawyer presented the case, they came to a resolution without having to go through the lawsuit, but it's a similar situation to what we are dealing with now. So basically in 2018, 2019, William and Mary had a population of undergrad 57.7% women. However, there was 46.3% women within the athletic department, which is an 11.4% gap between the undergraduate enrollment rate at William and Mary and then the female athletes that were on campus. Um, so at that point, William and Mary would have needed to add approximately 174 women to its athletic program to be adhering to Title IX. Um, and so this was before the seven teams were cut. So with the eliminations of the teams that was announced on September 3rd, the athletic participation numbers dropped to be about 220 men and 235 women, which had 51.6% women, which even though that is higher than it was in 2018, 2019, the school would still need to add approximately 65 women to reach gender equity under Title IX. So approximately that is the number of women that are being eliminated by the school with these cuts. And that is the basis for the Title IX violations that have been filed by members of 
women's volleyball, women's swimming, and women's gymnastics. So do you, from, from your personal perspective, um, do you see this, you know, having teeth, making, making ground, or do you see this as a way of, of making real change in these decisions? I think for sure. I mean, it's 2020. I think equity and equality is something we're all striving towards. And William and Mary is known for being a prestigious institution that is also rather progressive. And I would hate to see that reputation wiped away just because of one careless decision that didn't look too far into the numbers. And additionally, lawsuits are extremely expensive. And if the school is struggling as much financially as they have said they were during COVID and they needed to cut athletic teams because of this, I think that going through with this lawsuit and fighting us and paying that money also would not be in their best interest. So I think because the facts are the facts and it does seem to be a violation unless there's something we're not aware of and because of the high cost, I think this really could have a big impact for us. Uh, again, Chris, Mary, any additional thoughts on this subject? I know that um, when I like saw the numbers of what the percentages were before the teams were even cut, that really shocked me that such a low percentage of the student athletes were women and that it wasn't brought up before the cuts were made. Um, and I even like talked to my dad about it because I was – so shocked by the percentage and while the cuts um try to even that it it doesn't it's not good enough and i think william and mary needs to do more as an institution um especially as we now have um a female president um and a female athletic director we're trying to make a more I guess like gender equal institution and that should reflect in the student athlete population as well. Well said. So, and, and I, I think I, you know, obviously I couldn't agree more. I think equality is big, especially in our day and age. I think we're striving toward it in a lot of different realms as a society right now. And it's, it's slow moving, but I like to think we're, we're going in the right direction. Um, so with those two big pieces of news coming out, um, we still, you know, there is still this huge effort to save William and Mary swimming and diving. Um, you can visit savetribeswimming.com to make a donation. Uh, as of September 18th, um, the tribe swimming was, has already raised over a million dollars in donations, um, getting it, you know, fairly getting it on its way. Uh, in hopes to raise $4.5 million to help support the swimming and diving program, um, which is set to be cut after this season. Um, that one, that nearly uh, just over $1 million, that comes from 673 pledges. Um, guys, if you could each give your perspective on uh, just what you've seen, um, how you've seen this community rally, since the announcement of the swimming and diving programs getting cut and, you know, 673 pledges equating to just over a million dollars. Um, Tara, if we could, we'll start with you. We'll go to Chris. We'll go to Mary then. Um, if you guys could just give, give your take on what you've seen, how you've seen the community rally since this announcement. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing that I noticed right away was the support from our alumni. I mean, you'll hear this from everybody that speaks about tribe swimming, but we really are such a family. That's why a majority of us come here in the first place is because the relationships that you form here on the swim team are unrivaled. Um, and seeing 300 alumni on a 9 p.m. Friday night Zoom call the day after we got cut, all gathering together until close to midnight just to find a way or many ways to support us and to just back us up in this fight was outstanding. And they've continued to be our biggest support throughout all of this. There's a lot of, there's an emotional support committee for all of the current swimmers, which I think has been amazing to address the stress of the team being cut as well as COVID and classes and everything that a normal college student goes through. And they also have a giant PR committee and executive committee. People are writing letters to um, donors of William & Mary. People are creating articles to be sent out in local papers or even Swim Swam as we've seen. And I think just the alumni support has been the thing that has instilled the most confidence in me in that we can win this fight because there's hundreds if not thousands of people who have graduated dozens and dozens of years ago that are still fighting with us to this day. Yeah, and to add to that, obviously the alumni support has been support has been amazing, and they have done a ton of great work. But uh, outside of just the alumni, we're getting a ton of support from first off our fellow athletes uh, from teams that were and were not cut. They've been super supportive of us. You know, really trying to help us out wherever they can. Uh, a lot of stuff going around on social media. They've been helping out with that a lot, which is awesome. Uh, and fellow students as well. Uh, I know uh, there's, there's been a resolution uh, that's, that's been written by our student assembly, basically advocating on, on the cut team's behalf and uh, arguing that uh, they would like us to be reinstated. So that's been huge. Having the support of the student government here is awesome. I've, you know, I've had the opportunity to speak to quite a few of them and, and their support and their professionalism in, in this situation has been really impressive and, and I'm really grateful for it. Uh, additionally, uh, we're seeing a lot of support from uh, professors and faculty uh, that, you know, th the, these are the people that know that we bring a lot to this school. You know, we're great academically, we're great athletically, we're great leaders, and that's what makes us an asset to this school and an asset, uh, you know, later on in our professional lives. And it's because of what we've been able to do here and they recognize that and, and they see that uh, and they see us as an asset. And you know, that's, that's why they're really fighting for us and, and really supporting our cause. So it's been great. We've, you know, we've received a ton of support from all these different uh, little facets of, of the William and Mary community and beyond. And it's, it's been really, really uplifting to see in, in this, uh, you know, tough time for us. Um, looking at it from like an alumni perspective, um, after having that like first initial meeting when there was 400 people on in the first meeting, we had to switch to a different format because there's too many people trying to join. And um, that next morning, um, I started working on our tribe, uh, Save Tribe Swimming website. And the amount of people that texted me and reached out to me all asking for help was just like absolutely amazing and the support 
that was there was absolutely amazing. And there's no way that we could have been able to get a website done in two days without all of that support. Um, previously, I've done websites and it's taken me several weeks. And um, all the coding that was helped by my teammates, um, it was just absolutely amazing. And now, like going forward, all the communication that's been on the alumni um, parents group has been just like so uplifting because no one's giving up. We're not letting, we're not losing tribe swimming. Like we're here and we're making our voices known. And just having that support hasn't allowed me to question if they, if this is final or not. And that's, I know that's what I've needed to go forward over the past few weeks. Um, and I'm just, I love it. And I can't wait to see how much more we can do. So obviously you hear <clears throat> these three testimonies, all three of you very passionate about this program. Um, obviously it has a very strong alumni base. Um, the, again, this is a strange situation because uh, we've, we had seen several swim programs cut before this, um, but none had the $3 million endowment that William and Mary did. Um, this endowment was set up back in 1990 and 91 when the school talked about cutting the programs then. Um, and uh, again, the William and Mary had the endowment um, from what I've from what I've learned and discussed with um, the alumni before, it's it's not a very costly program, um, and it, and yet still it was uh, set to be cut uh, again after this season. Alumni estimate that if they can raise four and a half million this time, the school will no longer be able to use the program's cost burden as a rationale for the program cut, and uh, and you know current. Current swimmers, coaches, alumni have just rallied, um, including, again, this over $1 million in donations. Uh, if you want to make a donation, savetribeswimming.com slash pledge. Um, no donation too small. A week ago, uh, rising junior Missy Cundiff uh, even produced a rap song, socially distanced music video to help raise funds. Uh, you can see that in the description below. We'll link it there. Um, <clears throat> so now to my favorite part. To really bring this conversation home, I want to hear about your tribe swimming experiences. You know, what have you guys loved about being a part of William and Mary swimming? Um, let's go in reverse order this time, really switch it up. Um, Mary, we'll start with you, then let's go to Chris and then Tara. But, you know, give me some of your favorite memories, whether that be practices, meets, late night meals, whatever you got, throw it at me. I want to hear why William and Mary swimming really still needs to be around. Um, so I guess like the first story I want to start off with is, um, so when I told my dad the team got cut, his first response was, how could you cut a team that has so much energy and so much passion at our meets? Um, I think that's something that really stands out that like before our meets are like pre-meet ritual is just so involved and the banging and the cheers that we have on our windows and how loud we can get 
it's just, it's so inspiring and so exciting. And nothing that I ever experienced before I came to college. And I'm so glad that I have it. And like reflecting on my recruiting trip, um, I missed our first the Saturday practice I was there. And I didn't even know that this was how intense it was before I came. And I feel so fortunate that I was able to experience it. And I would say um, some of my favorite memories is just how supportive and how there the team has always been for me. Um, like reflecting on my freshman year and stuff, the fresh, the seniors on the team, they, they were just there. The way that they supported us during practices and got our energy going um and just their kindness in places like our like Florida training trip and everything like that it's just those little memories of the everyday that have really stand out to me despite winning our CAA championship our freshman year my freshman year while that was super exciting and I loved being there it was also all the little memories of every day that have really stuck with me since graduation. Yeah, so like Mary said, I mean, there, there are just so many great things about this program, great memories that I have. Um, you know, I, I feel like one that, that really sticks out to me. So uh, there's this thing that we do on, on the team called the towel cheer. Uh, and so this there's a person on the team who basically runs the towel cheer and, and it's their duty to do it until they graduate basically. And actually uh, our former head coach, Matt Crispino, who you had on a few weeks ago, he was, he was uh, the towel boy back, back in his day. Um, so that's been passed down from swimmer to swimmer. Uh, and so my sophomore year uh, at CAAs, uh, I was lucky enough and su super fortunate to have this opportunity. The, the uh, towel cheer guy that uh was that had held the position the previous I think two years was Joey Rento and he was graduating that year and we do that uh, cheer right before the last relays uh, at CAs every year uh, and so he he came up to me and and he told me I don't know maybe 30 minutes beforehand that you know he was like picking me to to lead the towel cheer after he left uh, and so we. <laughs> We led the towel cheer during the intermission right before the relays. I, you know, I had to learn all, you know, the little uh, nuances of, of how to do the cheer real quickly. Of course, I had seen it before, so, so I kind of knew what it was about. But yeah, he, he led me through it. We did it together. We had the whole team behind us. Uh, and, you know, it was really supportive. We got everybody just, just really hyped up for the last relays. Uh, and, and actually, right after that, I had to go and swim on the relay. So you can imagine my heart was already pumping. Uh, but yeah, just just to have that opportunity to carry on a tradition like that, it's been it's really been a blessing, and you know I'm really fortunate that that Joey decided to choose me, and you know I, I you know I, I don't want to be the last person to to hold that title. I want to be able to give it off to someone because you know it's it's a tradition that's been around for years and years and years. I mean I think it I mean it goes back at least into the 90s. I think it goes back even even before then. I'm not an expert on that, but you know, it's, it's just sad that little traditions like that are, you know, are just going to be forgotten uh, if, if these cuts are upheld. Uh, and so, you know, I, <laughs> we, we, that's why we're really fighting because this team is special. We, you know, we support each other. We're here for each other. And, you know, we, we just have so much to give.
Yeah, just to add on to all of that, I mean, you've heard it from Mary and Topher, William and Mary Tribe Swimming is a really special place. And there's so many little things that add up to that, like walking onto practice and having the coaches ask you a crazy would you rather that involves some sort of food or cutting off a body part or something wild or asking how your test went that you told them about four days ago and they still remember that you had it today or just getting to practice and having the absolute worst day that you ever thought you could possibly have and jumping in the water with five of your best friends in your lane that automatically like make you laugh more than you thought you could because your day had been so terrible. It's just little things like that that add up to being the big picture of what tribe swimming really is. And there's so many relays and races and memories that have been so exciting, but I don't think anything compares just to the day-to-day interactions that we have with one another. Um, I've struggled with anxiety my entire life and tribe swimming and these people that are here as a part of this team have really made me so confident in who I am today just because of the uh, love that everyone gives and receives. There's, it's so unique. There's nothing like it. You can 100% be yourself, whoever that is, as a member of Tribe Swimming and know that you will be loved wholeheartedly despite that all or because of that all. And I think just the accepting uh, attitude of everybody on this team and the family atmosphere, like people on campus joke that we're a cult, but it's just because we're all best friends and you can't really, you can't fake that. I mean, I didn't even want to come to William & Mary when I was a senior in high school. They were bottom of my list. I had an extra uh, D1 trip for for recruiting left and I chose to come to William & Mary because I had a friend in high school that was a freshman and he said, why not come? I think you might like it. It's a special place. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I showed up for that recruit trip and we did a scavenger hunt and drove around campus and I was sweating and it was like 85 degrees outside and I hadn't done any homework and it was the be- one of the best weekends of my entire life. And I committed that following Monday because I knew like you walk on this campus and you know 100% that this is where you're meant to be. I mean, it's home for all of us and it's not home without tribe swimming and I think that's why we're fighting so hard to keep it because like none of us would be who we are today without this program really I think I think anyone who has been on a swim team knows that it's a special place William and Mary maybe maybe a step above uh your normal swim team um as as you can hear from these three tribe swimming certainly a special community um, certainly worth keeping around, worth saving. Savetribeswimming.com slash pledge to show your support today. Uh, Mary, Chris, Tara, thank you so much for joining me today and taking the time to share your memories of tribe swimming. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.